0: Can you guys hear me okay? Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, that was some great uh, words of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to be obedient to those words and act on them. Um, Before we get started, as I'm turning to where I want to go, let's just lift our hands one more time and thank God for his goodness and his mercy Can can we ever praise Him enough? I said, can we ever praise Him enough? Man, what He's done for us, I think we ought to be praising 24-7. I think I'm going to start believing that I'm going to praise Him in my sleep. Amen. Father, thank You so much for the holy written Word of God. Thank You so much for the Holy Spirit, the greater One that dwells on the inside. Thank You so much, Father, that Your Spirit dwelling in us, leads us, guides us, shows us things to come, and brings things to our remembrance. And, Father, I pray for all of the people in this room, including myself, that we would all have eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. Father, we look to you as the author and finisher of our faith. We draw with our faith on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Father, we want to get more of you than we have ever had. You've already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, but yet we're still hungry. We never get satisfied because we always know that there's more of you to be had, more of you in our lives, experiencing you in our lives. And so, Father, we're hungry today, and we know that you'll satisfy our hunger in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well... I heard this while people were prophesying, and those were great words, just outstanding. But I heard this on the inside, uh, and a couple things, actually. And one of the things I heard was, uh, who are you? Talking about believers. Do you know who you are? Do you know what has been made available to you? Do you know what God has done for you in the new birth? You know, Jesus said you must be born again or born from above. Do you know what happened to you? I dare say that a lot of us, I'm learning all the time and so are you, I, I trust. But I dare say a lot of us, we really don't know what has been made available to us. And so therefore, we keep asking God for things that he's already given us. Now that's a waste of time. I don't care what you say. Because there's certain things that God has already given us. And we need to know that. Now let's look over in Second Peter. Do we have that up on the screen? Second Peter chapter 1 verses 3 and 4 says, this is King James, the, one, the Bible that Jesus used. <laughs> Somebody said he did. <laughs> According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these, these what? Them promises. Those promises you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It says here that we have precious promises. That's the word of God. You understand that. But he said he's given us precious promises that by these promises you might be partakers of the divine nature. Is he really telling us that? Can that possibly be true that you can be a partaker of the divine nature? Answers are required. (laughs) Yes, you can. He just got done saying he was led by the Holy Spirit to write this. And he said, you can be partakers of the divine nature. But the verse before that says, he hath given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. He's given unto us. The King James Version says, he hath given, H-A-T-H, which means that that's past tense. He's already given. Well, if he's already given you something, then why do you have to ask for it? try that again. If he's already given it to you, then why are you asking him for it? See, you've already been made partakers of the divine nature, but you may not know that yet. Well, if you get into the book, you'll find out that you have been made that. Have you been born again? Have you received Jesus as Lord and Savior? Then if you received him as Lord and Savior, the Bible says in Romans, I think it's 817, he says we're joint heirs together with him. We're not sub-heirs. We're not partial heirs. We're joint heirs. What did he inherit? All the precious promises. We're joint heirs. What do we inherit? All the precious promises. See, sometimes what we're doing is we're praying when we should be saying. Hallelujah. Turn over, if you will, if you have your Bibles, to Mark chapter 11. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord Jesus. Wonder if Jesus had an iPad. Thank you Lord. Hallelujah. While you're turning there, I'll get wound up here. Now, this is an area of Scripture that I think well, a lot of us have heard, and I'm heading somewhere with this, so don't tune out. It gets better as we go. <laughs> and in Mark chapter 11, and I'm going to read this, and uh, I guess we have it on the screen there, but in your Bibles. By the way, get used to bringing your Bibles to church. Your Bible is not on a screen. It's in your hand. I know that's old-fashioned, but you know, I don't care. Anyway, something about reading something from the word in your own Bible that really makes a difference. It kind of registers better. Hallelujah. Now, I'm reading here from Mark chapter 11 <clears throat> in verse 12. and it says, On the morrow when they were come to Bethany, he, talking about Jesus, was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off and having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, For the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered, and this is King James, Jesus answered, other translations says, he responded. But I like the way it says it here in the King James. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. They heard him talking to a tree. I said they heard him talking to a tree. Jesus talks to trees. Do you know, I think you do, but do you know that Jesus' is a, Jesus's earthly ministry is a pattern that we should follow in this life that we have here on earth? He's our pattern. We should copy him. Somebody said, I can't copy Jesus. Yes, you can. I said, yes, you can. You're a partaker of the, the, the divine nature. You can do what Jesus did. Now, Jesus is going to teach us something here, but he's talking to a tree. Notice what he said. It says that Jesus answered. Well, I don't know about you, but if somebody asks you a question, you answer them, right? That's a response to a question. The tree was talking to Jesus, and Jesus was talking to the tree. Do you understand this, that everything has ears? and everything has a voice? We'll try that again. Everything has ears, and everything has a voice. That tree not having figs was a problem. And that tree was talking to him and saying, no figs for you, big boy. (laughs) That tree was talking to him. Oh, somebody said, you're crazy. Trees don't talk. Well, let me ask you this. When your body is sick and in pain, does it talk to you? That was weak. When your body is sick and in pain, does it talk to you? When your checkbook balance is too low and lower than what it should be, does your checkbook talk to you? Certainly it talks to you. It has a voice. The good thing to to realize is it also has ears. If it can talk, it can hear. Look what Jesus did. He said, no one eats figs on you hereafter forever. That was his answer. And notice as we continue to read, uh, and I'm going to jump down for the sake of time a little bit here. And in verse 20 it says, And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remember said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. You know, curses come by words and blessings come by words curses and blessings are via words which means that that tells me that words have some power in them they can contain power to bless and they can contain power to curse somebody said well you know curses are from witches and so forth and and you know wizards and all that goofy stuff that's out there No. We don't have problems with them. We've been redeemed from them. They are not a problem to us. But we can speak blessings or cursings on our own life. We can self-curse or we can self-bless. I suggest bless. You know, sometimes there's, there's an interesting verse in, in one of the gospel accounts that Jesus said, man will give, uh, will, will give account for every idle word. Well, somebody said, well, that means that when we get up to heaven and we're standing before the throne of God and and Jesus is going to point his finger at us and he's going to say, I heard what you said on Thursday, July 27th at three minutes past nine o'clock and here's what you said. Now, I'm going to judge you for that. Sometimes we think that's what's going to happen. No, that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is the judgments are contained in your own words. You can speak life to yourself or situations, or you can speak death to yourself in situations. Death and life, Jesus said, is in the power of the it 's in the power of the tongue it 's in the power of your tongue. Words contain power, and i 'll tell you why that is in a minute. but notice he said, uh, and in the morning they, they noticed that the tree was dried up from the roots. Verse 22, and Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Well, that's nice and cute and pretty and and wonderful and so forth. But that doesn't carry the meaning like it should. One translation says in verse 22, says have the faith of God. Another translation says it this way, have the God kind of faith. Let me say that again. Have the God kind of faith. Well, is Jesus talking here? Yes, he is. He's the master. He's the Lord. He's talking. I can tell it's in red. He's talking and he says, have the God kind of faith. Well, if he says you can have the God kind of faith, then is he lying? I said, is he lying? Sure is quiet in this Presbyterian church. Uh, I'm just kidding. But he said, have the God kind of faith. Which means you can have it. Oh, wait a minute now. We're getting into some good stuff. Because Jesus, the master, said, have the God kind of faith. In other words, you can have it. Well, I don't know about you, but the Bible teaches me that we're supposed to walk by faith. We're supposed to live by faith. We're supposed to receive the blessings of God by faith. Well, how does this God kind of faith work? Sometimes we we don't take our rightful place as born-again children of God. We, we kind of say, well, I just barely got into the kingdom, and, and, you know, God doesn't really love me that much, but he's putting up with me and all that kind of stuff, you know, and we have that beat-down attitude. That's not the position that you're in right now. Whether you realize it or not, You're a child of the Most High. You've been born again. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost. You have the fruit of the Spirit working in your life. You have the gifts of the Spirit working in your life. You've got the greater one that's dwelling on the inside of you. Why are you putting yourself down? God says you're a joint heir with Jesus. Well, if you are, if Jesus has the God kind of faith, and I kind of think he does, then you must have the God kind of faith. Well, what is the God kind of faith? Well, keep reading verse twenty three for verily I say unto you that whatso, whosoever and <laughs> not what whosoever shall say under this mountain, well let's stop right there. I would like to do a quick survey. Who in this room is a whosoever raise your hand, okay, How many of you will not raise your hand, no matter what I ask you <laughs> no we 're all whosoevers because that covers everybody. he says. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain... Now he's talking about mountains. Somebody said, well, I was doing pretty good when he was talking about fig trees, but now he's talking about mountains. He said, Say to this mountain, Be removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Now, I want you to look at this, and in verse 23, he says, say three times, and he says, believe in the heart one time. I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, and I kind of chew on these verses and meditate on them and so forth, I, I try to get all the juice out of it. I can And he said three times, say, and one time, believe in the heart. That tells me something right there. Saying out of your mouth is three times more important than believing in your heart. You see, because when you speak, because you're a child of God, we'll get into this in a moment, you have been given authority over all the works of the darkness. You have been given authority over stuff, you have been given authority to talk to trees. Trees represented a problem. He said, speak to the mountain. The mountain represents the problem. Do you need healing? Speak to the problem. Don't ask God. A lot of people are crying out to God. God, please heal me. God, please heal me. God, please heal me. And he's, the Bible says he's easily touched with the feelings of your infirmities, but yet at the same time, he can't give you something he's already given you. You understand what I'm saying? He's already given it to you. The problem is you don't know that because you haven't taken your rightful place. You don't know who you are in him. And he's talking to believers here. He said, if you will believe in your heart and say with your mouth, whatever you say shall come to pass. Faith-filled words spoken out loud from a believing heart Releases the authority of God and the power of God to bring those very words to pass. There's a miracle in your mouth. There is a miracle in your mouth. Now, why is there a miracle in your mouth? Because, and we'll get into this in a minute here, you have been given authority. Man has authority in the earth, not the devil. Right. We have been given the authority. And we haven't realized, remember we read in Second Peter chapter 1, he already has given these precious promises. We haven't, we've been ignorant, largely. Ignorant is not stupid. Ignorant is just you don't know. Well, there's a cure for ignorance. Read the book. If you read the book and study the book and meditate the book, you know what book I'm talking about. Faith will come because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. But let me say this. Faith is released by speaking. Faith not only has to come and get into your heart, but it also has to be released through your authority channel, your mouth. Hallelujah. Three times speaking, one time believing. Now, somebody said, well, you know, Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, somebody said, well, I've heard the word of God and I spoke things, but nothing ever happened. See, that must not be true. Well, how many times did you say what you were believing for? Well, I said it for half a day. Boy, you really hung in there, didn't you? <laughs> no? See, here's the thing. Your human spirit, your heart, if you will, is designed... Let me back up a square or two. Jesus said in John 6:63, 6, he said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Words are spiritual things. Somebody said, no, they're not. It's just sound waves coming out of my mouth. No, when you speak, Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, your heart is not your, the heart he's talking about there is not your blood pump. I think you know that, right? No, he's talking about your innermost being or your spirit man. Your spirit man is spirit. And when you speak out of the abundance of your heart, you're not only speaking audible words, but you're speaking spirit words. Words are spirit and they are life. Now, not all words are life, but all words are spirit. So when you're speaking from your heart, you're speaking words that carry the anointing of God into the earth. Now, Somebody said, well, I spoke spoke the word for half a day, a day, a week, whatever. The thing about it is, faith cometh. Faith cometh. Faith cometh. Faith cometh. You have to speak the word of God. You have to hear the word of God in order for faith to come. Because all faith is based upon the word of God, and the word of God is the will of God. So when you're hearing the word of God, which is the will of God, you're hearing words of faith, and that's trying to get down inside your spirit man where it'll get something done. Faith is not of the head. Faith is of the spirit. And your spirit man has probably got, I don't know about you guys, but I probably have a bunch, has a lot of junk in there. I guess it's just me. None of you have that problem. And sometimes what ends up happening is, as Pastor Shannon said many times, you have belief systems on the inside of you. And when you're hearing the Word of God and the Word of God is going contrary to your existing belief systems, one of them is going to win. And what you want to do is have the Word of God win. But it doesn't happen overnight. You didn't Get all that junk in you overnight And you're probably not going to get all that junk out of you overnight But you can start putting good stuff into your heart With the word of God Not only hearing it from the outside But speaking it yourself When you're speaking you're planting seed Seeds of faith And sometimes it takes a little while For that faith to go from your understanding Up here in your mind To get it down in here It says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, words, and shall shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, believing is of the heart, you understand that, spirit. Say three times, believe once. He didn't say, say in your head and that'll get the job done. No, he said, say from a believing heart. It takes a while sometimes to get that faith down into you where you're actually believing what you're saying. But once you believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth, now you're releasing power. Now you're releasing faith. Faith Faith-filled words release authority and power in the earth. Well, somebody said, well, I don't have it in my heart. Get it in there. This is not rocket science. The things of God are simple to understand. As a matter of fact, sometimes they're so simple, you say, that can't be true. That just can't be true. It's too easy. Yeah, it is. God's dealing with us. He had to make it easy. But start speaking the word of God out of your mouth. Don't speak doubt and unbelief. Words carry power. Words carry authority. There may be some things on the inside of you that are not good. You have this image on the inside of you that says, Well, you know, grandma was sick, grandpa was sick. This thing runs down the family line. Everybody who gets to the age of uh, 45 gets this disease, and, you know, I'm almost 45, and so I guess I'm going to get it too. What are you saying out of your mouth? You're saying what you believe in your heart. What you've got to do is change your believing in your heart by changing what you're saying out of your mouth. Words create things, words are spiritual entities. Words are containers that contain faith, doubt, or unbelief. When you start realizing this and you realize the power of your words, it will change your vocabulary. It better change your vocabulary. You know, I have people come up to me and say, I'm sick. I said, Is that your name? <laughs> I'm Keith. What's your name? I am sick. See, they've called themselves what they believe in their heart I'm sick. Hallelujah. Turn over. Turn over to. Um, oh, where are we going to go? Matthew, chapter eight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't read this Bible just so I can get gold stars from God. I read this Bible to find out how this stuff works so that I can work it. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I guess I had a curious bent in my character or whatever, and I was always taking things apart. You know, I find an old radio in the basement. Come on. I'll take that thing apart and find out how that thing works. And I'm taking things apart all the time. Didn't always get them back together again. But, <laughs> but I was always curious. And when I got born again, and especially after I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I said, this stuff has got to be better than what I'm hearing. Because I'd watch Christian television. And one pastor would get up or one preacher would get up and he'd say, Well, you know, bless God, sometimes he'll just make you sick to heal you so he can get the glory. And sometimes another preacher would say, well, God made you sick. Well, another preacher would say, well, healing is not for today. And I'd hear all this junk, and they're all reading from the same Bible, but they're coming up with different junk. And I said, this isn't right. You know, God's not schizophrenic. He doesn't have his will one way one day and his will another, another way the other day. He doesn't heal one day and kill in another. He doesn't kill. He's not the author of death. So I started digging out on my own. Can you imagine digging out the things of the Bible on your own? You know, somebody said the Bible is so simple, it takes help to misunderstand it. And we've had far too much help in misunderstanding the Bible. Why don't you just dig in there on your own? you got the Holy Ghost. He'll show you what it means. Amen. But in Matthew chapter 8, are you there? By the way, let me just, well, don't change where you're at, but just let me mention this. Jesus talked to the fig tree, right? In another place, he talked to a dead man. He said, Lazarus, come forth. He talked to a dead man. He talked to the winds and the waves. Ezekiel talked to dead men's bones. God spoke to darkness and said light in the book of Genesis. You all with me? Okay, Matthew chapter 8. Hallelujah. Let's start verse 5, and I'm going to read a few verses here, and you read along with me. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, There came unto him a centurion beseeching him. Now, a centurion is a Roman army officer. He's not a Jew. He's not a Christian. There weren't Christians yet. Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead yet. There weren't Christians. And he wasn't a Jew. But he was a military man. He was probably about the level of an army company commander. A seasoned, grizzled veteran of many wars, I'm sure. And he comes to Jesus beseeching him. And saying, now, if he's coming to Jesus, beseeching him, then he must know something about Jesus. We don't know what he knows, but obviously he knows there's a resource here, and I'm going to get in on it. And it says, I, he says, I have a servant lying, lying lieth at home, sick of the palsy. That's a creeping paralysis. And grievously tormented. He must have loved that servant. And it says, Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Now, If you were there, what would you have said? You would have said, yeah, Jesus, come on to my house. Because Jesus said, I'll come. The centurion said something very interesting. He said, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, And I say to this man, go, and he goes. And another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. One translation says, I give orders. I give orders. I'm under authority, and I also have people under me. I have authority over them. And he said, I give orders. Orders come in words. Authority is expressed in words. Authority is released in words. You've been talking about your problem, and you really need to be speaking to your problem. Authority is released in words. You need to be talking to that thing, not talking about it. Some people just get a real... (laughs) They almost boast in their sickness sometimes. Well, I got the lumbago. Well, I got a problem with this. Well, I got a problem with that. Well, I woke up the other morning and man, I could hardly walk. It took me three hours to loosen my joints so I could walk. And they're bragging about their sickness. How dumb can you be and still breathe? Don't talk the problem. Talk the solution. Talk the provision. Jesus said, by his stripes, First Peter, by his stripes ye were healed. If we were, then we am. Were is past tense. If we were, then we am. Start saying that. Well, but I don't feel like it. It doesn't matter. Your words are put into operation to change what you currently feel. The word of God is truth. Jesus said when he was praying to the heavenly father, he said, father, sanctify them with thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is also called the word of God. The word of God is truth. The things that are happening in the five physical realm are merely facts. Truth will trump Facts every day of the week, if it's used. Truth applied to a fact will cause the fact to line up with the truth. There's a thermostat over here on the wall, and there's air conditioning units on the roof. If it's 75 in here and you want it to be 72, you don't say, well, it's 75, I guess that must be the will of God. I mean, after all, you know, if it's happening, it must be the will of God. 75 is a fact, after all, and we can't change facts. Oh, really? Go over to the thermostat. Dial it down to 72. When you dial it to 72, there's air conditioning units full of power on this roof who will do everything in their power to make this environment line up with what that says. And your mouth is a thermostat. Your mouth is a goal setter. Your mouth creates your reality. Your mouth has created your reality. Whatever you're dealing with right now, especially the things that you've said, you've created yourself with your words. Have you ever been, maybe you were in high school or grade school sometime and there was a tape recorder, it was on record and you didn't even know it and, and all the conversations were being recorded and then somebody discovers a tape recorder and they say, I wonder what that was recording. And you they, you play it and you didn't even remember saying those things. Huh? A lot of things you're saying, you've said in the past, you don't remember, but they're there. And they're words. Well, let me keep reading here. Hallelujah. Verse 10 says, When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you that I have not found so great faith, no doubt at israel. Now notice what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying that great faith is linked to an understanding of your authority. Jesus is talking about faith and the centurion is talking about authority. That centurion was built into him. It was drilled into him. You have authority. Give command. Give command. Give a command. And Jesus turns around and says, that's great faith. Faith that is great gives commands. Not commands to God, because, see, he's already given us all the things that pertain to life and godliness. No, faith, great faith, any faith that's really faith, Gives commands to the mountain, to the winds and the waves, to the doctor's report, to what your body is telling you, what your situation is. Faith and authority are linked together. When faith comes and it gets into your heart, somebody said, how do I know when it's in my heart? You'll know. You'll know. You ever confess the word, by his stripes I am healed? By his stripes I am healed? By his stripes I am healed? Oh, that hurts. By his stripes I am healed? Oh, by his stripes I am healed? And it's in the head, and, 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 and your body's arguing with you, and the fact of the sickness is arguing with you, with you with the truth of the word of God. And then at some point, all of a sudden, I don't know how I can describe it. You probably know it in your own life. But something goes from up here and it clunks down here. And now you're saying the very same words, but you're saying it from a point of faith. See, when you're speaking the word of God, before faith gets down into your heart, you're speaking it unto a point of faith. But when it gets into your heart, now you're speaking words from a point of faith. And now your words contain power because they're coming from your gut, your spiritual gut I'm talking about. They're coming from the inside. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. When you're speaking God's words, you're speaking life. And when you're speaking life and it gets down into your heart, faith comes, faith comes, faith comes. Notice what he said again real quickly. He said, faith and authority are linked together. Jesus marveled at this man's faith. How'd you like to have Jesus marvel at your faith? Maybe, just maybe, you ought to learn what kind of authority you've been given. When you start speaking words of faith, words of authority, that's when things get done. See, that may answer some questions of people who say, well, you know, I'm asking God for healing. No, he said all, already by his stripes you were healed. Well, you're already that. Now you start, need to start talking what he said about you. How do you see yourself? You know, there's that great story in the book of Mark, chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood. Remember that story? And it says she was sick and she spent all her living on doctors and it was nothing better but rather grew worse. And this went on for years. And it says that she heard of Jesus. And she said, she said, she said. She must have had faith because she wouldn't do what she did. But she said from a heart of faith If I can but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Now, was there anything special about the garment? No, but that's in her heart and head. That's what she saw. If I can touch that hem of that garment, I'll be made whole. And she said, she said from her mouth what was in her heart. And when she touched the hem of his garment, she was instantly healed. Jesus didn't even know what was going on. There's a great big crowd thronging him, pushing and shoving. You ever been in a crowd like that? Pushing and shoving and so forth. And Jesus said, Who touched my clothes? For I perceive that power has gone out of me. Her faith expressed in her words sucked the power right out of Jesus. And faith filled words in your life will suck the power of the Holy Ghost that's living on the inside out of you. You don't have to look up to heaven to get healed. You need to look to the Spirit of God that's dwelling on the inside of you. God is in heaven, but the Holy Ghost is in you. Amen. And he's the healer. Hallelujah. Well, somebody might say, well, you know, <laughs> glory to God. My notes mean absolutely nothing. Turn over to the book of Genesis. Hallelujah. I learned a long time ago, I can go with my notes or I can go with the Holy Ghost. And I've discovered something. I know this is deep revelation, but going with the Holy Ghost is far better. Amen. Well, somebody said, well, you know, Jesus spoke to that fig tree. But yeah, that's Jesus. I mean, that's not me. Thank you, sister. But realistically, people think that. They think, well, you know, see, that's Jesus talking. I can't do that because after all, he's the son of God. Well, what are you? You understand that Jesus, when he walked this earth, he didn't walk as the divine son of God. Over in Philippians chapter 2, it says he emptied himself. And became of no reputation. He took whatever his divinity was. And I don't know how he did it. But he did it. And it's almost like he set it aside. And he became just like us. Except for sin. He walked this earth as a man. Filled with the Holy Ghost. You're walking this earth. As a man or woman. You're walking this earth. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Dare to believe that. Dare to believe that. That's what you are. Well, I don't feel like it. That's what you are. Well, it doesn't look like it. That's what you are. Well, so, and, and Susie said, I wasn't that. I don't care. That's what you are. Yes, God said that's what you are. You are that. Yes. Or you am that. <laughs> However you want to say it. But you are that. You're born again, child of God. You remember the... Oh, where's the time go? <laughs> you remember the story of the prodigal son... Remember that story where the father had two sons and one ran off with the the inheritance and another one stayed with him? And then it says the other son came to himself and he came back to the father. Well, nobody will argue with the fact that that father in that story is a picture of Almighty God, the, the heavenly father. And a son is a picture of us. But it says when he, the father, saw his son coming, It says, he saw him afar off, and God ran to him. I don't know about you, but when God runs to you, that's saying something. And God found you no matter where you were hiding. He found you. (laughs) Thank God. But anyway, it says that when that son came, the father said, get the best robe and put it on him. And here's the ring that's on my hand. Put this ring on his finger and give him sandals and put them on his feet. That represents, (coughs) sandals represents sonship, the new birth. The robe represents righteousness. You're in right standing with God. And the ring on his finger represents God's authority for you on the earth. See, a ring had, in the old days, they had signet rings. You understand? And those represented, they had the seal of the Lord on that ring. And when the Lord would sign documents and so forth, they'd wrap them up and they'd put wax on it and he'd put that seal on there. You have been given the seal of the Holy Ghost and you have been given the authority to use his power in the earth. Genesis chapter 1. Are you there? I'm going to read it if you're not there. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was, was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now the Amplified translation, yeah, there we go. It says the Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit is that part of the Trinity that does the work of power in the earth. The Holy Spirit created everything, but I want you to notice something. The Holy Spirit didn't do a doggone thing. He was moving. He was hovering, you know, like a, a chicken would would brood, a brood hen, you know, broods over eggs and chicks and so forth, the Holy Spirit was there moving, trying to wait for a command from Almighty God. And then later on, and God said, and said, and and God said, and there was, and God said, and there was, and God said, and there was, and God said. He did that eight times. God said, and there was, God said, and there was, God said, and there was. The Holy Spirit did not move until God said, The Holy Spirit will not move until you say. Because you're created in the image and likeness of God. Now turn over to verse uh, 26. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody lock the doors. (laughs) Verse 26 says, And God said, Let us make... I'm again reading King James. And let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion, that's authority, over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Hallelujah. He said that to man. I said, he said that to man. You can just say it this way. He said that to you. He said, you have dominion. You have authority Over this earth. You have authority in this earth. That's why Jesus could say, speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. See, when you speak from a heart of faith, you're exercising your God-given authority in the earth in order to release power to change things. It's true anyway. Whether you believe it or not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, here's something that may cause you to stumble. Don't throw rocks, please. I don't move as fast as I used to. I should stop saying that. I guess I better listen to my own preaching. eh? Now, here's a translation that we don't have on the screen, but I want to read it to you. This is the contemporary English version of verse 26. Now, God said, Now we will make humans and they will be like us. I didn't say that, I'm just reading it. And then in verse 27 it says, so, same translation, so God created humans to be like himself. Yeah. Now when God spoke words of faith, and he doesn't speak anything but words of faith, he doesn't speak anything but truth, he is truth. Right. When he spoke words, the Holy Spirit responded to those spoken words. Notice it did not say, and God thought. Sometimes, the only way you're missing it is you're thinking but not saying. If we are created in that image of God, like that translation says, we'll make them like us. Well, if God is creative, I said if God is creative and we're made like him, then you're creative. In other words, you can create things with the words of your mouth spoken from a believing heart. Now, see, God didn't have the problem that he had to get faith. He was Almighty God. He had it from the get-go. But sometimes we need, because we've been programmed into this world with all the junk we've heard and experienced and so forth, we have to hear the Word of God to build faith in our heart. But it'll work the same way because you believe in your heart and say with your mouth. Hallelujah. Now, uh, I've got a few minutes, I think. Turn over to the book of Romans. I believe that's in the New Testament. You know, I've got this electronic Bible, but I've got my old pen and ink paper bible. I uh, tell you what, I, I do a lot of studying electronically, but this thing here is my old friend. You know, and kinda like to hug it everyone once in a while. Maybe not quite that badly, but Romans chapter ten. Did I tell you ten? Well let me pause you there and let me say something else Uh, can you bring up um, Exodus I think we have that on the screen somewhere let's just do this um, for the sake of time Exodus 14 and you can turn there verse 15 we have that one it's talking about Moses you remember the story of Moses that he was going to lead the children of Israel out of bondage in Egypt into the promised land amen Remember that story? Anybody seen the movie? <laughs> I always get tickled when they remember back in the, uh, I shouldn't say that. Some of you don't even remember what the 50s were. But anyway, in the 50s, they would have these great movies, these biblical epics. And that Cecil B. DeMille would make these grand movies about Bible stories and so forth. And they had this one story, the movie, it was called The Ten Commandments. And it was talking about, Charlton Heston, I think, was Moses, wasn't he? And, and they, they told that story about the children of Israel coming out of bondage into Egypt. And they showed the most and they showed them coming out of captivity from Egypt. And, and they were the most ragged-looking bunch of folks you ever saw in your life. I mean, they were rags and, and limping and, and dragging and, and so forth. Do uh, you know Hollywood doesn't tr- tell the truth? Well, somebody said, well, if it's in a movie, it's got to be true. No, that's not the way it came. You read your Bible and it says they came out and they spoiled the Egyptians. Where do you think they got all that gold to make the tabernacle in the wilderness? Well, did they start digging holes and mining for gold? No, they spoiled the Egyptians. They stole them <laughs> blind almost. And the Egyptians are saying, take it, take it, just get out, take it. Where would they get all the swords and armor and so forth that they fought the wars that they had to fight. They got it out of the Egyptian armories. Take the guns, take the swords, take the tanks, take it, take it, just get out. That's a side trip, no charge for that. But Moses, it says, when God spoke to him, when he was on the backside of the desert and he was a shepherd and he had a shepherd's staff, God spoke to him, he said, what's that in your hand? And Moses being the sharp guy that he was, he said, it's a rod. (laughs) And then God later said, that rod, with that rod, you will do signs and wonders. Well, what's the rod have to do with anything? It's a picture of God-given authority in the earth. God said, I'm going to use you, and you're going to use that rod of authority and do all the stuff that you did. And one of the things that he told Moses was, all the plagues that came, he said, stretch forth your rod. Stretch forth your rod. He didn't say, I'm going to do it. He said, you do it. Stretch forth your authority. Stretch forth your authority. Stretch forth your authority. And then in... uh Yeah, that's it. They finally got... Delivered out of Egypt and they're at the edge of the Red Sea and now the Egyptians are really ticked off. And so the Egyptians are coming up behind them and they got the Red Sea in front of them and that's not a good place to be militarily. I mean, your back's up against the river. And Moses, I'll paraphrase this for a little while for the sake of time. Moses said, God, help us. And God said to Moses, what's that in your hand? See, Moses had forgotten that God had given him authority. He said, what's that in your hand? Why are you talking to me? Stretch forth your authority. And the waters parted. Why are you not stretching forth your authority? Your authority is the word of God coming out of your mouth. It says over in the New Testament, for the word of God is quick or alive, powerful, and sharper than a two-edged sword. But it's only quick and powerful when it comes out of here. If you've got your Bible on your desk at home or on your coffee table and you set it down there and every so often you go over there and polish it and rub on it and bow before it, it's not going to do you anything. It's only when it comes out of your mouth, from a believing heart, that exercises authority and releases power to get things done. Do you ever notice that Jesus never prayed for the sick? Did you know that? Did he heal the sick? Oh, yeah, all the time. But he never prayed for them. You know why? He knew his authority. He knew who he was. And I'm telling you, what he was... So are you in this world. You are that. I don't believe that. I don't care whether you believe it. Well, I do, but I don't care whether you believe it. It's so anyway. When you read this book and chew on this book and feed on this book and come to places where the word is being preached at some point, if if the word is being preached accurately and with power, at some point something's going to happen to you on the inside something's going to blow up on the inside in the best sense of the word. And what's going to end up happening is you're going to start speaking from a point of faith. And faith and authority are linked together. You have been given authority. Remember when Jesus gave power and authority to the disciples? Now, this is before he was raised from the dead. In Luke chapter 9, it says, He gave power and authority to the 12 apostles. And he sent them forth and he said, where you go, preach the kingdom of God. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God has come upon you. And then well, somebody said, well, see, that's the 12 apostles. But all that stuff died when the apostle died. I'm glad you said that. Because in Luke chapter 10, it says, and he appointed 70 also. Well, that's not part of the 12. And he told them to do the same thing. And heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God has come to you. Healing the sick and the kingdom of God are tied together. Somebody said, well, God doesn't heal today. Nah, he sure does. If someone will dare to believe him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, does that make any sense? It should because it's so anyway. Like Brother Hagin used to say, say amen or say oh me. It's true anyway. Amen. And so, for the sake of time, I'm going to stop here. And I just really felt impressed, especially when the folks were prophesying and so forth, that there's a healing presence in the room. And I don't just mean healing physically. Somebody said, well, you know, I have problems with depression or emotions or anxiety or whatever. The Holy Ghost is bigger than all that. And, you know, you need to train yourself to learn how to flow in these things on your own. But then there are those times when you maybe just need a, 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 a help. Maybe somebody to lay hands on you or, or, or just somebody to agree with you. I remember the story in the Old Testament where Moses and the children of Israel were fighting a bunch of enemies. And Moses had his rod. And as long as he held up his rod, the children of Israel prevailed. But, you know, after a while his arms got tired and he started lowering the rod. And as soon as he started lowering the rod, they started losing. And so he had two friends, Aaron and Her, And I like what they did. They rolled a rock up underneath him so he could sit down. And one held his arm up on one side and one held his arm up on the other side. And as long as the rod was raised, the rod of authority was raised, they started winning again. Well, when we offer to pray for you and minister to you, realize that we're just being in agreement with you. We're going to kind of help you until you can get on your own feet, so to speak. You understand what I'm saying? You don't have to leave this place sick, bound, depressed, discouraged, or whatever, because the Holy Ghost is here. Amen. So, Pastor T, with your permission, I'd like to give an invitation is there anybody here that's physically sick that needs to be ministered to in the area of healing? Or is there anybody here that um, needs a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost? I like what it says over in Roman, I'm sorry, um, in Acts chapter 4. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2, but then again, in, in, in Acts chapter 4, they had been kind of brought before the rulers who didn't like what they were doing, and... They said, now, Lord, talking to God now, they said, now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they might preach thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders might be done in the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And it says, when they prayed, the place was shaken and they were all filled again with the Holy Ghost. If you need to to have your spiritual fuel topped off in your tank, (laughs) the Holy Ghost, then come up also. And if you have any other need, we have people here that pray for you. They know how to pray. They know how to get hold of the things of God and minister them to you. So I'd like everybody to stand. And as we get ready to uh, minister, if you have a physical need, and maybe even more importantly, not know maybe about it, if you haven't yet been born again, that's the most important and biggest miracle you can ever have. I remember the day I got born again. Some good man started sharing the word of God with me, and it came to the point where I finally, I just kneeled on the floor in my living room, got born again. That's the most important thing. If if you've been standing on the fence, you've been playing with this God stuff, maybe on the edge Not quite stepping in. Make a decision today. Drive a stake in the ground. Say this day. This day. Here. Now. I am making the decision. I'm not going to play with the things of the world anymore. There's no satisfaction in them. There's nothing but death. Why don't you just come on in. Father wants to welcome you. (laughs) Just like that prodigal son. He wants. He's looking for you. He's talking to you. He's been talking to you. And he wants you to come. Come back to the Father. Come back to your home, your spiritual home. He's ready and willing and able to put shoes on your feet, so to speak. He's ready, willing, and able to give you his very own righteousness. And then on top of that, if that wasn't good enough, he said, And I'm going to give you authority to speak in my name. Well, why wouldn't you want to have all that? So if you need to be born again, or you need to be filled with the Spirit, or if you have a physical need, we don't want to rush out of here. This is not just a routine that we go through. This is God's stuff. I said this is God's stuff. And we want to make ourselves available to you to help you reach God and receive from God. So if you have a need, come, and we want to minister to you in Jesus' name. Oh, now I know there's people out there Can I tell you this? I used to be one of those people Who used to think on the inside I need to go up But I'm too doggone scared To go up in front of a whole bunch of people Well, people here, we love you We care about you You're not going to be embarrassed You're not going to be ashamed We're here to help Who's that one that has cancer? You need to be up here. Hallelujah. Come on up. Come up here. Get, get a little bit closer. Line up here. Hallelujah. I know there's a bunch of folks that have something that they need to receive from God you know sometimes people or will, will say you know i've been believing god i'm standing in faith for the manifestation of what i need from god and you know sometimes sometimes this is the way the answer comes you're waiting for him to appear in a glory ball in your living room no sometimes it's in a situation like this where god is moving you know when the when the waters are flowing get in the waters get in the waters I don't want anybody to miss anything. I don't want anybody to leave this place without receiving from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if we got some ushers up, men up here that can act as, to stand behind these people. Randy. You hear what I said? Then re- remember the story in the New Testament there was a story where there was a bunch of impotent people around a certain pool and the tradition said that when the water was stirred whoever entered in when the water was stirred received their healing well in our version this is a stirring this is a stirring this is a stirring and you need to enter in
1: Praise the Lord. It's always good when you have someone that can agree with you, connect with you. And that's why the Lord actually speaks through those that are ministers here to pray and just connect with you. And as Keith said, oftentimes people need that, just someone to connect with them, to give them that extra push. Praise the Lord so before we dismiss from here you don't have to leave if you desire prayer you can still come let's just lift our hands together and uh, father we thank you so much hallelujah for what you've done today and what you're going to continue to do this is a beginning for some and a continuation for others so we thank you we praise you we We honor you. We glorify you that it is true. You're not the God of the bad. You're the God of the good. Healing and health and mental health and and provision and everything that pertains to life and godliness as was spoken today. So we receive that. We choose to walk in it and speak in line with your word. In Jesus' name, amen love you much. You're dismissed. And the uh, ministering still going on up front, so if we can be mindful of that, that would be great. Amen.